Hello, everyone. Welcome to What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry. My name is Dr. Michael David Clay. So <laughs> what does it actually mean to be a house divided? Uh, I see a lot of uh, couples and with couples, then I see a lot of married couples, and with married couples, I see a lot of married couples with children, uh, hence families uh, that seem to be uh, a house divided, and as with the Word of God, uh, a house divided cannot stand, and I think that was Jesus that said that. So this notion of houses divided, uh, <laughs> me doing what I do for a living, um, which is psychological counseling, Christian counseling, specialized pastoral care. What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian counseling ministry? Um, houses divided <laughs> is probably not a good thing. <laughs> Worse than that. It is uh, not only a bad thing, uh, but it will be the death of you, <laughs> at least the house. Now, why is that the case? Uh, because typically, when things are put together, as much God would be a God of order, not chaos, as he uh, put everything together in right manner or fashion, according not only to his word, but to the source of his word, which was his thoughts, his intentions, uh, were they like my thoughts? Certainly not. Were they like your thoughts? Uh, no. Um, it's the best way we have to describe, though, the way God orders things, uh, intends things, his motives, his passions, his desires. Clearly, God is a God of order, not chaos. Nonetheless, he is, in some ways, with creativity, also a God of chaos. It's not that the creativity itself manifests chaos without, once more, some intention or motive or desire on God's part, or with that an, uh, actuality, a known, I was wanting to say, an identifiable, clearly, there will be an actuality, an end that is ordered, and then will fit right in with everything else that's according to God's order. So as much that would appear contradictory, chaos in order, coexisting, creativity, and what I will call or have called on the podcasts before, royal law, uh, love itself, uh, the very mind of God in Christ, Old and New Testament. Those two worlds are, by again, God's design with some intention, having purpose and meaning. They fit together. They're supposed to fit together. They do fit together. Uh, the intended outcome always happens. You get both. You get creativity and you get order. We just don't do that very well out of our natural inclinations. And for those of you who are familiar with the podcast, I am sure that that's come up more than on one or two occasions. 
in our conversations. I'm confident of that. I know that to be a fact. Because again, as much as God is a God of order, we usually, out of our own thoughts, don't understand it very well. Uh, Out of our own thoughts, we try to put it together. And truthfully, humanity, offshoot of humankind, humanism, humanity and humanism, is failed. A lot of reasons. Uh, Two of the most obvious reasons, besides a will and intent to do whatever you want to do, doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or God thinks about it, just selfishness which we all have a bit of that, but maybe not to that extreme. But even with the best of possible motives to cooperate, get along, do things properly, do things right, which means for others first, one another, to a good end, good outcome, we just simply don't see everything, can't perceive everything, our sensory modalities, as we might call them, are so limited in natural scope that there's no way I could understand somebody else's thoughts. They could communicate them to me, and I would have a hard time understanding them just because my thoughts are equally limited I can only reference what you're thinking by what I have thought before or seen or experienced. Uh, We have the same problem not only with one another, but with God. He explains things to us in natural human terms that that relate to things that we either experience, have experienced, past, will experience, future. It's the only way he can communicate with us. Why? Because we have such limited, also called, sensorium. Now, I say that making certain, though, that as my listeners may be actually listening, that is within human dimension. How God has chosen to compensate then for that particular aspect of our difficulties, our weaknesses, uh, why our thoughts are inferior certainly to God's, is with the Holy Spirit. It is a language and communication that is beyond human dimension. (laughs) Yes, it is speaking with tongues, but even that reference has to have a human dimension. And that is in the Word, by the way. So how would God explain that level of sensation Uh, with that, (laughs) some degree of intention, motive, that's beyond human conceptualization, thoughts, Uh, and with that also then, out of that, our ability to communicate. Communication leads to communion. When I am working with couples, I work a lot on both. Really, it's one and the same. (laughs) Communication and communion. If you can't communicate, you're not going to have communion. A house divided 
cannot stand. Someone comes see me, and they report chaos in their home. It's a house divided. (laughs) They're going to have conflicts. That conflict is going to come even with the best of, again, intentions. Hopefully, desirably so. Why would you marry someone and promise to do such a thing and really not mean it? To make order in the chaos. But there's two different perspectives. There's two different peoples. There's two different humans. We've already identified we have difficulties thinking outside of our own heads. That's just the way it is to be human. But again, God has given us a language, the Holy Spirit. And that is with communication and communion in mind. That is another level of sensation. But it also is another level of thought. Now, I say it because I'm talking about the phenomenon, not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a he because he's God. He's God as much Jesus is God, as much as we in Jesus and the Holy Spirit then are once more in communion with God. And the more communion we have with God by Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, the more we're one with God. That's not a house divided. But even within the body of Christ, the house of Christ, the body, the habitation of Christ on earth, certainly as people, but as we congregate together and fellowship together, which we're not supposed to forsake, remember? The word also says that. Forsake not the assembly of the brethren. We get into conflicts. We do it denominationally, group to group, church to church, Doesn't mean it's bad, doesn't mean it's awful, doesn't mean it can't be part of creativity. There's a bit of chaos. We have to search out the order, not because God is not ordered, but because we can't communicate as well as we would desire with God. We've somehow not listened to the Holy Spirit well enough or something's gotten in the way of our hearing the Holy Spirit the language, the translation, uh, which probably the truth is with the Holy Spirit, there's no need for translation. It is a language, but it's not in human tongue. He is, as God would be, love. He is the fruit of the Spirit. He is love. Love is the language of the Holy Spirit, and in all of its dimensions. <laughs> and that's a lot, as anyone who might be familiar with the Word of God, the Old and New Testament. Um, it's just, you could spend, should spend, will spend, if you want to understand God's mind, a lifetime reading the Word and understanding it. It is complex, it's deep, it's layered. It's inspired of the Holy Spirit, the Word. Probably the Word is the spiritual tongue. That's the, that's the, the language, the speaking in tongues. 
Yes, it again is translated into English or whatever language, your nationality, uh, where you were born, your genealogy would have placed you in the context of this world in which we live. Yet it is of the same inspiration as with the Holy Spirit, as God would be inside of all of us lost as well as those who know Jesus Christ. It's just that the lost don't listen. They don't recognize. They've not gotten to the level of maturity, possibly developmentally. I do believe there's a certain element of developmental milestone that in a physical, psychological, bodily regard has to be accomplished to really be able to hear the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean he's not speaking. It just means by the time, even in our lost condition, even if we haven't developed that, and certainly beyond development, you have to want it. You have to desire it. You have to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You have to seek that. You have to listen. You have to quiet all the other things, which by that point, out of the human aspect of our development, now serves as somewhat of a barrier. It gets in the way. It's an obstacle to overcome our flesh. But God did create our flesh, which doesn't mean, or which does mean, that it isn't all cursed. It only remains cursed when we choose not to. When we choose not to develop, mature, grow up, or accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, and with that, turn all our sensations all our humankind, all of our bodily sort of intentions and motives that either originate out of thought, instinctual, it's really not a thought, it's there. You don't have to think about eating when you're hungry, it's instinctual. But if we really want to hear the Holy Spirit, all of that that makes up our human operations bodily has to be submitted first to Christ, word of God, line our thoughts up because they're inferior to God's, the best translation available, the word of God being the Old and New Testament, so that we then might quiet, <laughs> quell, stop, cease and desist in all of these human aspirations. Yes, we're supposed to use all of those things that God blessed us with in human dimension as well. Thoughts, feelings, emotions, psychological operations. But it's only secondary to the more supreme language communication of God. Why? Because it's directly from God. There is no corruption in it. That word is as close to truth as any, I say only as close because of humanity again, that any of us could identify. We are after the mind of God. The way we get there, though, is through the word to again address in human regards God's mind, mind of Christ, New Testament specifically, Although Jesus is throughout the old, they're really one and the same. We just see Jesus in a more human dimension in the New Testament. 
but it's also from within us. The Holy Spirit is within us. Another maybe dimension of this, house divided. Because if you can't lay claim to your house, your human body, your human tent, as the Apostle Paul might uh, consider it, you're certainly not going to probably get along with other people very well. And if you've made a promise to get along with them, whether it's, again, within the context of a family, extend that to a church, extend that to denominations, um, any conflict of that sort, manifest a house divided, uh, is a great, put it this way, as positively as I could think, a great opportunity (laughs) to go deeper, to seek out more so even the Word of God. And allow the Holy Spirit to learn even more how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, to discern this language, this speaking in tongues, this unfamiliar language to humans, alien language, not earthly, not human. It is earthly, but it's not in human dimension, this language. A house divided cannot stand. God has given us his Holy Spirit, love itself, to bring us to a state of communion. First within ourselves, then shared with one another as we have been restored in relationship communion with God through the acceptance of Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And now what I again familiar to those who are familiar with the podcast, uh, prefer to call Holy Spirit operations. Holy Spirit works in us. We have to allow him to submit. So if you are inclined therein to understand the dimensions of the word of God as applied to you through his word and the Holy Spirit, and the word again is inspired of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit alive within you, you're going to be most likely able to make order of the otherwise chaos, that seeming chaos, that creativity dictates. So why is there creativity? Because it is, in a natural regard, the essential element of eternity, Matter doesn't come and go. It's eternal. The shape and the form of that matter, whether you look at it from Word of God, which is the preference on our program, or even with science, empiricism in science, research, scientific theory, which is more certainly secular, but humanistically flavored, (laughs) absent the acknowledgement of Jesus Christ, or God, or the Holy Spirit. But again, it's just evidence that even in our lost condition, people can still benefit or do still benefit out of God's grace and mercy. He's given us all a certain element of common sense. Science just proves it. Research just proves it. But if you don't take it to that other level, 
Your thoughts are going to be limited to your human experiences, your human sensorium, sensation, as we mentioned earlier. And it's going to fall short. It's not going to. (laughs) Those paradigms, though they're godly and quite applicable in a natural regard, but they'll have no supernatural dimension to them. The Holy Spirit, as functional even and natural, is going to win over them. You could spend a lifetime trying to learn from every mistake, again, with the best of intentions, but you don't have enough lifetime to learn all there is to learn. The Holy Spirit brings that immediately to you, how God has ordered things, even in his creativity, even in a natural regard. It's eternal life. It's just different. Things come and they go. The shape and the form changes. But it's not necessarily, humanity is not necessarily capable. It is not necessarily discernible to humanity in supernatural eternal regards, simply because we are capable of having any real way to measure it or gain awareness of it, unless we operate with Holy Spirit operations. That is our saving in Jesus Christ. He shows us, his word tells us, application, the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is word of God, shows, tells from human dimension regard the best any of us could comprehend how to work within Holy Spirit operations how to submit to the Holy Spirit, how to allow him to have supreme authority over our lives, naturally, materially, how to then, within the context of the natural, employ all the great things God has given us bodily to negotiate life. But it is superior to just human thought. We will not get there. (laughs) Salvation. Whatever we are speaking of without Holy Spirit, without Holy Spirit operations, it's death. (laughs) A house divided not only cannot stand, but it will die. And what good is that to the soul and spirit? Now, it's perfectly all right within the creative aspect of God. And it may look on the surface quite chaotic. But that's where faith comes from. Because the word of God directs us to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit validates the word of God even as he is inspired. It's writing in human terms to human dimension. Men and women of God. Nonetheless, once we get the paradigm... (laughs) We understand the royal law, the order of God. Then as we see the chaos, as we know the working of the Holy Spirit, as we understand that is the virtue and character of God, his thoughts, his motives and intentions to bring order to the chaos. And we then in submission, not disobedience, not out of even good intentions, our own thoughts, 
but out of God's thoughts as inspired of word of God as well as Holy Spirit, we don't suffer nearly as much as the lost do. And certainly, even in this regard, natural life, material life, but certainly in supernatural dimension, because we are aligned most properly in mind, intention, thoughts, we not only hear God's word through our bodily functions, operations, sensations, sensorium, but we have the Holy Spirit who speaks to us from within us outside of the influences beyond, better word, the influences of the natural The devil can't get into it. He cannot get to that foreign tongue, that divine love language, because it's beyond thoughts. It's what necessitates our submitting to the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, we would screw it up. Now, I mentioned, certainly, human failings, bodily failings, physiological failings. We're, folks, we're made of dust, as with everything else naturally. But we are also not only filled full of the spirit of life, the living God, but he has brought us to a level of spiritual operation available through Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior to actually communicate with God himself. No other form of life that we know of, certainly on this planet, Earth, can do that. Not in the same way. Not with the same virtues that even in a natural regard we have. Because because even naturally, God has created us above all other forms, expressions of life on this earth. It is natural. It just changes shape and form. It begins and it ends. One day, there will no longer be humanity or humankind. But our soul and spirit, as joined with Jesus Christ as now returned unto God in Holy Spirit operations, we will live eternally even as the Spirit of God is eternal in supernatural dimensions. That's heaven. Heaven is eternal. We want to live in eternal dimension, eternal context with God. It's this ultimate, if I could say it that way, it's the big win. For us, our human soul, we've been given a chance to get this, not be a house divided. God has spoken to us in human translation, but even more, he has chosen to speak to us, as with New Testament, in Holy Spirit dimensions, which requires no translation. You just have to want it. Seek it out. And the only way you get it or you, in seeking it out, find it 
is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then, as the Holy Spirit takes over, he begins to assist you in sanctifying your body and keeping it clean beyond natural humanistic corruption, contamination, so that you can serve him best. And how do we serve him best? How do we worship him? How do we work for him? We help him to assist others in making their chaos, their house divided, appear in order. But it's not our order, it's God's order. Why? Because it's of the Holy Spirit. Does he give me human words to speak? Yes. If I knew another language, I'd speak in another language, earthly, human. I don't. I took French. It's cool. I can read it pretty well, but I can't say it. I can't speak it. I can understand it if it's spoken, sort of, but I'm not good at it. Bless all those who know all those foreign language, languages, earthly languages, human languages. And possibly I should study more. I was always sort of shamed over the course of my education, graduate school, postgraduate studies, because it was not chic to only know English. Um, but I suppose in my own mind, I kept saying it doesn't matter anyhow, because that's not the language of God. The language of God is love. If I don't have love for my fellow man or woman, child, if you want to add that, I don't have God. That's the royal law. I believe it was John, might have been the Apostle Paul, who calls it that in word. But either way, they were speaking the same thing. Paul certainly did in 1 Corinthians 13 and 14. He made that association. Speaks about love. Glasses darkly, seeing the world for everything it is. One day in this place of communion with God, which comes from the Holy Spirit, comes from the throne of God, which is the language of love, I will know everything even as I am known. And then he proceeds in 1 Corinthians 14 to caution us. It's not a human tongue. It doesn't even sound like a human utterance. I understand some individuals do it better by speaking a tongue. I'm not saying it isn't something or is something. They just speak in a language I've never heard. But the discernment's not from their tongue, nor is it from their head. It's from the Holy Spirit. And whether you speak in tongues 
in that way or not. The only thing that edifies the church, 1 Corinthians 14, is if you love one another. How do you get there? I just explained it. Probably in too much detail for some of you. But if you don't take the course that I've tried to communicate out of my own thoughts and relate them as best I could to your thoughts and your life experiences, if you don't go through Jesus Christ, if you don't read the Word of God, if you don't, in Jesus Christ, get to the point, developmentally you know, bodily you know you need Jesus, salvation. Some call it the age of accountability. Depends on, again, if that's a familiar phrase. I don't think it's in the Word, the Bible. But a lot of denominations recognize at a certain age, you're accountable. You know you need Jesus Christ. You know there's something more than your head or what your head could figure out, what your head could tell you, even what the best head, <laughs> brains, thoughts, if not the Word of God, if not Jesus Christ, if not of the Holy Spirit, it's inferior. You could put a bunch of them together. You could do it by committee. You could do it by council. It's not going to work. A house divided cannot stand and eventually will die. <laughs> Everything dies. That's a little overly dramatic. But why would you want to make it sooner than later? Enjoy what God's given you. Don't rush it. Or if it's to be rushed, be glad, because when you exit the natural, you will be in that supernatural, and you won't have to worry about making order of chaos. You will be the order that God then will send back to the chaos in new body, new shape, new form, to do what you do now, or at least you have the opportunity to do now, which is to serve him, bringing order to chaos. What order? The royal law. Well, law, his word, his mind, his thoughts, edification, building up the church. Don't fight. Don't argue. And certainly don't kill one another. That's the holy tongue. That's the speaking in tongues. <laughs> if you don't, don't. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can try. It won't work. If you don't have Christ in your life, you can try. It won't work. I love you. Oh, but what a struggle inside. Because if that love is not of the Holy Spirit, if it's not from the throne room of God, yes, even in our lost condition, we understand love. And yes, thank God, there's still love in this world. But the Word of God says in the end, I think the end of humanity, there will be a time where there's no love. Or if there is, it's us. Us. Maybe not, not me and you, but the body of Christ, maybe we'll see it. Maybe not, not me and you. Maybe we'll see it. Maybe we won't. 
but there'll be a remnant. We'll love one another and we will love even the lost, even as it results in our demise bodily. Why? <laughs> because absent love, everything is not only chaotic, it's destroyed. All the good things are destroyed. All that the word of God has brought to humankind to this point in our history without Jesus Christ, without the word of God is destroyed. The devil will destroy it all as he destroys us, as he inspires us in chaos, as we've disavowed God, as we've retreated into our own secularism, in our own humanism, as we become imbeciles, fools. We'll destroy ourselves. Remember, the devil can't kill us. He can only kill himself. And guess where he's going? And guess where the rest of us who allow that, that humanism, that paradigm, that devilish intention to kill, steal, and destroy, to be turned on one another? Do I want to be a martyr? No, martyrdom doesn't always have the best of connotations. Do I want to die as Christ, crucified? No. My body says no. But that's not up to me. And should I have to, even, even if it's for you? I want to. My will is to. But my flesh is weak. Houses divided cannot stand but it is the order of god to bring forth chaos so that whatever is defiled whatever is corrupted whatever is then out of order is removed if it doesn't fit god's order if it's not inspired out of the holy spirit if you're not instructed, if you're not communicating with God, if you don't understand his word, if you don't have Christ alive within you by the Holy Spirit alive within you, it's going to end. <laughs> it's not going to be pretty. There'll be wars and rumors of wars. I don't think there's anything that could happen in this world that we would not know about in five minutes. It's hard to imagine a place on earth. I'm sure there is. People still do things in, in the cover of darkness that takes a long time to be revealed. But you get the point. You need Jesus. You need the Holy Spirit. That's my counsel. If your house looks like chaos, God's probably in the of stage of creativity. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're not Christian or that you're not letting the Holy Spirit, allowing, should use proper English, allowing the Holy Spirit dominion over your life. I want to say that because there's a lot of people, and it is, it's just part of the human nature. But if you're coming to see me and it's gone on longer than it should, 
And, and probably the reason you're coming to see me is out of some conviction. You know you're not listening to God. You know you're causing part of the problem. Maybe you're not willing to admit it yet. And that was the other part. We're inferior to God, not only out of our human nature, but we don't want to admit it. At least admit it. We call it denial. You're not going to get better until you admit it. If the Holy Spirit is grieving you, you're feeling convicted. Whatever that feeling is, we usually think of shame and guilt. Again, words that could have be loaded with negative connotations because they're so misused. People will use that shame and guilt that is naturally there as of conviction of God in human dimension to call our attention to the fact that we're not listening to the instruction. We're not reading the Word of God. We're not in communion, fellowship, not only with Jesus Christ, but we're not in Holy Spirit operation. We're not even in fellowship with ourselves. Hence, is the conviction. But if you're being convicted, don't lie about it. Don't make God a liar. That definitely is John. His truth's not in you. You're the liar. Better to call yourself that than God, because God never lies. It just takes us a while in our infirmities, iniquity, and the sin that that brings to recognize it. My job is to help you recognize it. My job is to also encourage you to come to Christ. I do the first out of a more professional context. I do the second out of a genuine heartfelt desire to minister the gospel. Jesus loves you. God loves you. He sent his son to die for you. So that you won't die. Oh, yeah, your body will. It's just the way of the world. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by people who would want to sell you some notion that you're going to escape that. It doesn't have to be diseased and infirm. No, I think there's healing. The word is clear. <laughs> but eventually, old age is going to get you. And thank God, it's sort of like the book of Revelation in the sense that you don't have to live all that time in tribulation, <laughs> endure all that. It's shortened. Why? Because it can be hard on humans. It's lonely if you don't have Christ. And it's even lonelier if you don't have the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because you can't really enjoy all that God wants for you in the Holy Spirit. You need love. Sharing that with one another. That's our great comfort. It is not that we, in our humanity, are the comforter. I try. When people come see me, I try to comfort them. It's the Holy Spirit. And not only is our comforter, he is also the only one that leads us into all knowledge and understanding. Word of God and how God's bringing order to the chaos. Don't be afraid. Even if it looks like we're in hell, we're not. <laughs> we aren't going to go there as believers. But we get to see what it's like. It's encouragement for us. 
if we need such a thing, and we've done the right thing. That's edification. I don't want to go there. But it's also this great opportunity to help other people. Out of love, the love of Christ in a language that regardless of race, regardless of gender, regardless of nationality, regardless of education, regardless of socioeconomic status, regardless of infirmity, regardless of whatever might not be working in your body. You can love one another. And that itself is healing. That's my call. I call it at work when I'm doing my professional counseling, psychological counseling. I call it when I'm ministering the word of God. And that's my call unto you. Accept Jesus. Enjoy the love of Christ. God's love unto you in Christ Jesus. The ultimate of sacrifices. Allow the Holy Spirit, the love of God manifest, the fruit of the Spirit manifest to flow from your belly. And know that God loves you too or he wouldn't have given us his son to die for us. But if he's done that, you're going to do that. And you're going to do that in the name of Jesus. And you're only going to do that through the power and the authority the name of Jesus brings. And it's not as in putting it on, it is as in letting it out. So, if you want to come see me, please do. Want to reach out to me? Find out how to come see me. I post the email address. Uh, as you know, you're always welcome. Email me. But if you don't want to come see me, please join me on the next podcast. What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry? My name is Dr. Michael David Clay. Thanks for joining us today.